Cinema Cult Network. I'm Chris. I'm Matt. And I'm Honto. And this episode's going to include our superhero month. Uh, no, it's C- not. Conclude. That's a lie. <laughs> you liar. <laughs> liar, liar. Pants on fire. This is the second episode in our superhero month. This is my pick. Uh, I chose 2011's Green Lantern, uh, starring Michael Clark Duncan. Um, and Jeffrey and Rush. <laughs> and Jeffrey Rush. And Jeffrey Rush, which, yeah, yeah I had no really. Mark Strong. Who was the other one? Mark Strong. Who's that? Oh, he's awesome. You'll find out. Really? You'll find out. <laughs> he's great. You'll see. <laughs> All right. Uh, everybody has seen this except for Matt up to this point? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen it. <laughs> Before we go ahead and start diving into the uh, cast and crew, let's play my favorite part of the podcast, and it's called, What Do You Think This Has on Rotten Tomatoes? 27%. That's very accurate. I'm just doing it right from the heart. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with 24%. What did you say, Matt? A 2%. I think it's pretty low. This has a 26%. Wow. Oh, so we, do, we, do play, we do play Price is Right rules, so uh, unfortunately this one goes to Matt. But, <laughs> no, what? <laughs> yeah, you can't go over. You can go under, but you can't go over. Oh, I didn't know we were playing Price is Right No, you rules. go. So what do you think the budget was for Green Lantern? Uh, is it $110 million? Matt, uh, I'm gonna go with about 80 million. Did you say 180 million? Oh, just 80. Oh, 80 million. This movie costs 200 million dollars to make. Holy shit! I should have said I meant 180 million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you said. <laughs> what a bust, man. Yeah, that's, a, that's a massive loss. <laughs> how much do you think this took in worldwide? Let's see, 180. 150. Pretty good, Hanto. Uh, dollars. Hundred and eighty million. It took in two hundred and nineteen million. Okay. Okay, so it still like made money, but I mean that's literally not enough to cover costs and. Well, I got one more question. I I like it when these cover gas in travel. (laughs) (laughs) It's not considered a bomb then. Um, from what I read, it it was expected to lose seventy five million, but I don't know if that was before Blu ray and DVD sales. Mm -hmm. So here's. Here's the bonus question for the week. I think it's because all the Green Lantern uh, corps united to go see the movie one more time. (laughs) Yeah. Like, in Blackest Night. Yeah. We shall make our money back. In Darkest Theater. (laughs) (laughs) So for the first time, I have DVD and Blu-ray sales uh, for this movie. Okay. Uh, How much do you think it made um, altogether for DVD and Blu-ray? I don't oh, know. Man. I don't even know like where, what a good number is. What? Uh, Just try it. It's okay. Don't be nervous. Uh, thirty-five million. Okay. I'll say, Matt, I'll say 100. Okay. It was 47 million. Wow. Okay. So, and this is for a movie that didn't do very well. So now you kind of have an idea of like is that know, good. I don't know. I mean, I would 47 million is a lot to me. I mean, I feel like um, it's just it can be seen as like an extra boost in their income, I guess, or their uh, take. Buckle. That's what I'm saying. If it was expected to lose 75 million and then you include that, mm-hmm. it looks like they almost broke even or close to. Yeah. But I so, guess but uh, I guess the I would say I guess the idea is like if the budget was 200 million, they want to at least double that in the box office. I would think so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, or even if like it cost 200 million and then you made 203 million, you could mm-hmm. at least be like, "Hey, we you know, we made 2 million dollars." Right, right, which right. to me, 2 million dollars is a lot. That's a lot of money. Um, 
That is a lot of money. So um, I do want to say real quick to the listeners, we are still recording remotely um, via our computers. Uh, we can't see each other's faces, but I imagine they're very nice looking. Um, just in case there are any glitches or we talk over one another, just want to let everybody else know. Uh, but to continue with the film, Hanta, go ahead and do our cast and crew. This movie was made in 2000 or released in 2011, directed by Martin Campbell. We did a previous episode or previous movie of his, uh, No Escape. We covered that on the podcast, like, I think year one or year two, maybe. Man, we're just covering all his greatest hits. <laughs> and uh, no, I guess we haven't done anything else, but he directed two of the best Bond movies, in my opinion, GoldenEye and Casino Royale. Agreed. 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 Okay. Agreed. Uh, Creed. Creed. Uh, Creed. <laughs> he also did A technical uh, malfunctions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he also did Edge of Darkness most recently, uh, in The Foreigner with Jackie Chan, and then probably one of my favorites by him is The Mask of Zorro, which is a badass movie. I, you know, I I just started watching it again on it popped up on Netflix mm-hmm. uh, about a couple months ago, and I started watching it again. I hadn't seen it since it came out. Actually, I, I already talked about this on the podcast. <laughs> I feel like you talk about. Not, I mean, probably Zorro at least once a week. Yeah, once a week. Yeah, we got to get our Zorro <laughs> daily or uh, weekly. I'm only halfway through the movie. <laughs> How was halfway. it though? How was it though? Awesome, dude. Yeah, it's great. It's really, really fun. Yeah. Uh, it's like a continuation of the Zorro character from the, I think the TV series, right? And like the old stories, like it's supposed to be like Anthony Hopkins is supposed to be like the the original version of Zorro, and then he eventually uh, trains like his protege, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how close the story is mm-hmm. uh, to like the TV show and stuff. I'm right. not sure or the serials. So right, right. I just uh, know it's a cool movie. It is cool. Uh, <laughs> cool. Maybe we'll cover it on the, the podcast. Other- Maybe we'll cover it on the podcast one day and we'll learn more information about it. Do you ever see the sequel? I have not. I heard it was bad though. I heard it was bad. It was kind of weird too. It comes out. It came out very late because it wasn't. Isn't it um, son of Zaro or whatever? Isn't there something? Uh, that- Mark of Zorro. The Mark of Zorro. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. As, yeah, Mask of Zorro's, yeah, and which is a very confusing title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when you don't do, yeah. like, Zorro 1 or Zorro 2, it's, like, just complicated no matter what. <laughs> well, I know there was a big, when that came out, there was a big um, uh, confusion because people thought it was a sequel to The Mask with Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. The, I remember sitting in the theaters, I was like, when's he put the mask on? But even then, and, I thought the, the Mask with Jim Carrey was a sequel to Mask with uh, Eric Stoltz. <laughs> Uh, a lot of people did. Um, <laughs> a lot of people were let down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Continuing the cast and crew, uh, starring Ryan Reynolds as Hal Jordan, a.k.a. the Green Lantern. We did a previous episode, uh, Deadpool 2, which was a now playing episode. Uh, he got a start on a show I used to watch called Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place. Did anybody else watch that show? No, but I know it's history. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, I think it was only on for like three seasons from 1998 to 2001. I think from there he sprouted to uh, he basically got Van Wilder and that's what kind of got him into the, like his comedy career. But um, I would think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's got a, a wide range of movies. Um, go check them out. They're, they're on DVD somewhere. Uh, <laughs> real, real quick. Yeah. Uh, correction. The sequel to Zorro was the legend of Zorro. The legend of Zorro. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was Mark, but Mark, which is I remember probably when we a, saw entry. I would say Mark of Mark Azaro sounds like an entry somewhere, maybe like an uh, older movie or something. Oh yeah, it is. It is. That's an older movie. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, like I thought it was Mark, like the name Mark, like Mark of Zorro. <laughs> 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 I 
is about Zoro's son. Yeah, I'm Mark. Hey, it's my dad, Zoro, and I'm Mark. Antonio Banderas Mark. and my son, Mark. I'm Mark. Get it? Mark of Zoro. <laughs> yeah. I thought, like, it was, I thought it was I thought it was Mork. I thought it was Mork. Like, oh, Mork. Uh, so they got Rob Williams. Mork. Like, oh, I'm Zorro. Yeah. I'm the son of Zorro. Oh, oh, oh. oh, 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 oh. Beep, 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 Zorro. That would be chaotic, I think. <laughs> I think it sounds chaotic, be... <laughs> man. This, oh, you pod, know, this podcast is chaotic. <laughs> Do you know that script is floating around Hollywood somewhere? You mean Matt Matt Matt's uh, fan fiction of yeah, my my Mork my, of my screenplay is lost in Hollywood somewhere. Mork of Zorro. <laughs> Hear me out, guys. Hero. I got this idea. It's a great crossover from an old TV show. <laughs> it's not relevant, and we <laughs> but, don't have the star. But we can make it relevant. <laughs> Just like trust me. We don't have the star. <laughs> <We don't. laughs> All right. So next up, we got Blake Lively as Carol Ferris, who's the love interest of Hal Jordan. Uh, she was in The Shallows, which is a, a trailer I saw all the time. Uh, it's that shark movie where she's like stranded out ah, in the middle of the ocean. Did okay, I did eventually see this movie, and it what? wasn't it wasn't too bad. It was kind of a I cool saw, little like. That's what I heard. It's like one of those like kind of like this isolation movies, you know? Yeah, cool little isolation suspense story. But it, I know what you mean, man. That trailer on, was attached to everything. I mean, on paper, it looked awful, like because they just kept promoting the the trailer before like every movie that was playing at the time gosh but yeah when it finally came out i heard that it was actually pretty decent well it was another one of those movies that um i was confused because i saw it in theaters and i thought it was a sequel to hallow shall what <laughs> <I th> <laughs> Never mind that joke bombed. That's fine. It's it's <laughs> staying it, it's staying in the episode for sure. That's a shame. Just keep going with the cast. And then he was uh, podcast. And then she was in uh there was an Oliver Stone movie with um was it Taylor Kitsch and uh the guy from Kick Ass called Savages. Did any of you guys see this movie? No. It was like I remember a, it though. It was like a movie where it's like two like kind of like hippie stoner drug dealers uh basically get into like robbing the cartel or something. And this is like another trailer that they always showed before movies around the time it came out but like i never never saw or never heard anything about it i've heard really um i was actually watching a list um one of those mojo lists the mm. other day and it was on there for one of the worst endings of all time oh really okay was well, it okay what's the ending spoiler but what's the yeah. ending um well i don't really want to give it away okay i don't i want to hear it i don't care <laughs> so i guess the, uh spoiler alert but i guess the movie ends with um some kind of like it was all in her head type thing. Oh, like I guess oh, like, the, wow, like, really? the movie ends and like everybody dies and it like cuts and she's like, well, that's what it would have happened if I would have done. This oh, that's or... awful. I hope it's not like a narration by the character. Please. I think it is. I oh, think that's her no, saying like, that's, that's how it would have went down. I could be wrong. I could have butchered it, but that's close to it. That's, uh, you know Dude, what? What a, ca what a cast though. This movie has. Yeah. Is this... Blake Lively. Uh, Taylor Kish, yeah, Taylor uh, Kish. Benicia del Toro, yeah. Salma Hayek, John Travolta, Emil Hirsch, yeah, um, yeah, 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 Ali Wong, and that is a solid cast. Yeah, I right? mean, like the concept of it sounds awesome. And it was like, I remember just from the trailer, they're like donning these like weird masks, like almost like Heat, where they're donning like hockey masks and they're like robbing the cartel. And it sounds awesome, but I never even like heard what the reviews were for it. It was just kind of like promoted heavily and then they just kind of like forgot it it was lost in the wind pretty much wow but i don't know if you guys knew this but she is the uh sister of jason lively who's the main kid from night of the creeps the main character oh shit really mm-hmm that's uh they're they're related brother and sister it, you just blew my mind yeah 
and then she's also the sister of Robin Lively, who's the main character in Teen Witch. Have you ever seen Teen Witch? Uh, never. No. Now I know what you're talking about. I've never seen <laughs> With it. With that 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 crazy rap that rap song, the top that rap song. Oh, you know what I learned up uh, learned this week too. Um, so I was watching that Shutter TV show. This is related in a way to what we're mm-hmm. talking about. I was watching <laughs> that Shutter uh, TV show, Cursed Films. Okay, is, I think it's just called Cursed. I was watching the one on Poltergeist, and the older sister in Poltergeist's name is Dominique Dunn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yep. She died by like she got, uh, she got murdered in her driveway by her boyfriend. Well, she got she got like beat up and strangled by her boyfriend, and then she died in a coma. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that Dominique Dunn is Griffin Dunn's sister. Oh shit. I did not know that. Dude, yeah, I, I was like, how did I not like ever come across that that information? It's like weird stuff like that where it's like the the last name you never make the connection. But yeah, I mean, like totally makes sense. She's still around in the eighties. She's making her kind of like her debut in poltergeist. Yeah. So yeah, totally totally makes sense. That is wild. That's crazy. Yeah, and then did you know that Will Farrell and Colin Farrell are brothers? No, I think they're distant. I think they're cousins, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I thought you almost had him, man. I was pumped. <laughs> Got him. All right. All right. So, yeah. uh, next up, we got Peter Skarsgård, who is not related to the Skarsgårds, uh, which is like Stellan, Alexander, and uh, what's his name? Pennywise from, from it. Uh, I always thought that he was. And no, I realized. Because he's, he's Sarsgård, and then they are the Skarsgård. Oh, um, yeah. I, I thought he was a Skarsgård. No, no, no. He's not. But yeah, I mean, he's got a wide range of movies too, but he's typically playing kind of like, I feel like always like a scumbag uh, villain in movies. But uh, we probably best know him from um, as Zach Braff's friend from Garden State, right? Which is weird because, yeah, totally. But um, <laughs> wow, I really sold that one. Wow, you no, uh, I mean, it, was, it was going so well until you said. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, whatever you said. Um no, I always kind of saw him like whenever I see him in something, I'm like, oh, he's a really big actor. And I looked through his filmography earlier, and he's not in a lot of big stuff. He's in like the, oh man, I don't know. I remember, him t- I remember him from Skeleton Key. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But that's really, I don't know. It's just kind of weird. I, I feel like he's his. I guess his biggest movie is probably this. No, I would say his biggest movie is probably Boys Don't Cry. With uh, is that with um? Oh, I didn't really see Boys Don't Cry. Yeah, he's like kind of like the the villain of that movie. Was he? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's got, I think he's got movies here and there, like Sultan Sea, K9, K19, The Widowmaker, Skeleton Key. Uh, yeah, I it's mean, weird, he, like, yeah, he pops up in, uh, I guess, mo- most recently in the last five years, he was in Black Mass, which is kind of a bigger movie because it was Johnny Depp playing. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Uh, uh, Woody, be in the new Woody Batman. Yeah, and I, don't, and I don't know who that character is. Who's Gil, me neither. Gil Coulson. That sounds like yeah, a made, that that like made up character. <laughs> no, yeah. and like honestly, looking at his filmography, he's he's an awesome actor, but he doesn't seem like he's gotten like he picks his, like his the, movie yet. He picks like kind of like the smaller tier, lesser kind of like almost like the movies that Hollywood just kind of shits out, you know, and puts in theaters, you know. Yeah, oh, okay. okay. This is a great movie. Uh, he was in Robot. And- <laughs> He was in Robot and Frank uh, with Frank Langella. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, but it's actually I, I, really, yeah, really you good. recommended it at one point on uh, the podcast, and I've I've always meant to watch Possibly, it. I haven't watched yeah, it, but he does the voice of the robot, and that movie is really good. 
So moving on, we got uh, Mark Strong playing as uh, he plays Sinestro, who's kind of like the the hard ass uh, Green Lantern who gives Hal Jordan shit the entire movie. Uh, he's most notable for being in a lot of the Matthew Vaughn movies, which is like Stardust, Kick Ass, Kingsman, and then he went on to star in another DC movie called Shazam, which came out a couple years ago. But this guy is legitimately great in everything he's in. Oh, okay, yeah. Now that I see his face, uh, yeah. Okay, I know so like in yeah. Kick Ass, he plays like the mob boss uh, father of uh, McLovin, and then Kingsman, he plays Merlin, who's like the tech gadget guy that helps out the the main characters. He's in both both of those movies, the Kingsman one and two. Uh, we have Angela Bassett who plays. Oh, hey, just real quick to go back to Mark Strong. Yep. Um, little personal story. Uh, girlfriend was cutting my hair a couple of days ago, and the Clippers died. Mm-hmm. And I had the exact same haircut he had <laughs> for for about a half an hour because I, I was like, "This is how I have to live now. This is my life." But like the, but, he's uh, bald. Like the what are you talking <laughs> like about? Like the mostly bald and the deep V hairline that goes down to your nose. <laughs> <laughs> she, 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 she was trying something new. I was like, I don't like it. <laughs> You should have definitely gotten a picture of that. and I, I have it. I'll send it to you. Oh, guys. I can't wait. Yeah. We'll, we'll have it as the picture for the episode. Yeah, that'll be like the cover <laughs> the cover poster or whatever. Uh, so, so we got uh, Angela Bassett as Amanda Waller, and this character pops up in the Suicide Squad. She's no, That character is notable for starting the Suicide Squad in like the one of the best Justice League cartoons and like the comic books, basically. Um, she is most notable for Boys in the Hood, Malcolm X, Vampire in Brooklyn, and uh, How Stella Got Her Group Back. And then she's kind of gotten her revival or resurgence in a lot of seasons of American Horror Story that I've unfortunately watched. <laughs> Do you watch that? I haven't watched like the last two seasons, but I've tried just going through it. Like I watched Cults. I pretty much watched everything, and I kind of re- rebooted, like picking back up with Cult. And I tried watching, um, I think it's Apocalypse, which is like two seasons ago. Okay. And no joke, Apocalypse is like one of the worst written t- TV shows I've, like any season, just in general, it's just terrible. And I don't know how that show is still on, but uh, they have that 1984, I think, or 1980 something uh, season where it's kind of like takes place at a, uh, like a Friday the 13th, like Camp Crystal Lake type setting. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people have said it's actually kind of like a return to form, uh, which isn't saying much, but they said it's kind of a lot like a lot of fun because it's like just kind of gimmicky and goes back to like this old slasher 80s movies and stuff. Yeah, it I looks like it looks like fun. Yeah. yeah, it looks like a good season. Uh, and then we got Tim Robbins uh, as Hector Hammond's dad. Um, we know him from Bull Durham, Jacob's Ladder, The Player, Mystic River, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, this guy is legitimately awesome in a lot of stuff he's in. Hey, do you guys remember back in college when we had to watch The Player? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, that movie is all right. What a build up. It's an okay movie. No, it's all right. I remember the, the opening sequence actually being awesome because it was um, it was a one-take sequence where they kind of introduced several actors playing themselves and just kind of like... You get a tour of like the studio backlot yeah, in Hollywood. Touch uh, of Evil, yeah, Touch the, Evil, like the, the Orson Welles. Supposed to be like Touch of Evil. Yeah, it's an awesome, awesome sequence. But I remember the movie kind of being—I don't know—it was kind of weird. I, I remember just being kind of okay. Um, I, for some reason, though, in the past like month, I've been accidentally watching a bunch of Tim Robbins movies. Like nothing to lose. 
Uh, no, I like I watched like one night I watched Bull Durham and the next night I was like, hey, Jacob Ladder's on uh, Amazon. So I watched that. And then, yeah. and then like I watched Hudsucker Proxy on HBO. Oh, Hudsucker Proxy is awesome. Yeah, that's one of those movies that like, honestly, it's gotten buried because it never got a really great release on Blu-ray and DVD. Yeah, it's true. I like I think I only usually would usually catch it like on one of the, you know, the like TNT or USA or whatever. But um, that's a movie that I feel like is probably the one I've seen the, the least amount of times as far as Coen Brothers movies go. Okay. But I remember being legitimately awesome because it's so freaking weird. Yeah, no, it's an awesome movie. It's one of like, I think one of the better, like one of the best Coen movies. Mm-hmm. I might be due for a rewatch if that's, uh, you know, we're talking about it now. But uh, moving on, we got Michael Clark Duncan as Kilowog, who's kind of like the drill instructor for the Green Lantern Corps. Uh, uh, no, I guess no pun intended, but he started in, he's best notable for the Green Mile, Daredevil, and Armageddon. Then we got Jeffrey Rush, who won an Oscar for King's Speech. I think he won an I Oscar. I about to say he won an Oscar for this. No, no, no. <laughs> no, Jeffrey Rush won an Oscar for uh, for uh, King's Speech, didn't he, as Best Supporting no. Actor? I know, it was Colin oh, yeah. Fir- I know Colin Firth won Best Actor. I, I could no, he I think he got it for House of Haunted Hill. Oh yeah. Dude, he should have. <laughs> I will say that movie I haven't seen in a long time. I think it might be horrible, but I remember him being awesome in that movie. He is uh excellent in that movie. Like I, I don't know, he just does like the best like Vincent Price impression. And, right. He's supposed to be playing that character, right? The Vincent yeah. Price kind of character or looks like he by the way it does look like he did get an academy award i'm not he got it for shine i know he got it for shine which is like a yeah, he movie did. from he 1997 yeah, so he got he's only yeah it was probably just for that okay he had one academy award and it was okay. just for that okay i'll tell you what whenever you we've talked about this before whenever you guys want to do this we should just do a two episode like double feature not for one episode but two episodes and we do um house of haunted hill and 13 ghosts yeah. Um, what is it? What's the what's the uh, uh, the company? Is it Dark Castle or is it Dark Castle? Uh, sounds about right. It's not, I think it's Dark Castle. It's not. Um, it's not the Michael Bay one that did like Texas Chainsaw. I, yeah. There's Ghost House and uh, there's a couple oh, of I, them that like I get mixed up with. Yeah, because Ghost House is uh, Sam Raimi's, right? I think so. I'm actually not yeah. sure. Uh, oh, sp- speaking of Sam Raimi, not to go like off topic. Have you guys um, checked out Quibi yet? Nope. So I went on Quibi and watched Sam Raimi has a TV show that's on there. Okay. And it was okay. It's it's weird watching a show filmed for a phone. Oh yeah, because that's what you were saying. I think in the last episode, the the Quibi or Quibi um, shows they're all like iPhone produced, I guess. Or yeah, they're all like phone produced, and so they're all like five to ten minute episodes, and you can only watch them on your phone. You can't watch them on anything else. Okay, so. and you're you're talking about how there's like a Steven Spielberg horror show that's like only available at night or something. Yeah, so I haven't checked that out yet because uh, I just oh, downloaded it today. But oh, nice, cool. So yeah, I'll definitely check it out. And you get like a three month trial. I don't work for Quibi. I'm just talking. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna just gonna boost it every single episode. <laughs> so we get that sponsorship. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One day. But uh, Jeffrey Rush to me is kind of like. He's kind of like the Michael Caine, where he's got like a ton of great movies in his filmography, but he's also got a shit ton of terrible movies. <laughs> Just going like through. what are what are some of the bad ones? This. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, he was in this. But uh, no, like like the Pir- <laughs> like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies are like like the first one's good. 
are it's pretty good. But like every one of those movies is really, really terrible. And you know why those movies are terrible is that we've talked about this before, but it, it should have been a buddy cop movie with Jeffrey Rush and Johnny Depp. And oh yeah, that would be cool. That'd be awesome. I think it was I think it was Stranger Tides had it yeah it was just it was just johnny depp and him were i the know only two like returning characters yeah i know i know that he I, I mean he like dies multiple times in that that the whole series of movies doesn't make any sense but uh, they're a mess dude they're totally yeah, like it's all it's like it's crazy how i mean i watched them within like the last couple of years i wa- i rewatched all of them and it was just like holy cow what a mess of a franchise like they have no they're, idea they're like they're they're boardroom movies like, oh yeah totally it's just like it's the formula of like how can we maximize the amount of money we get from from movie moviegoers pretty much yeah because dude the first one is solid it's the a first solid one, yeah. movie i would say the first one is actually legitimately awesome and then the second yeah. one is kind of all right you know but then as you get to the third fourth and fifth and i don't know if there's a six or not but when you get to those movies in the franchise you're just like what is even going on right now this is like I don't even know what what they're thinking about, and I think the last one was like troubled with all that stuff going on with Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. Oh, okay. Uh, and then also I think it was supposed to be a bad movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched. But, I mean, there's one that had um, Penelope Cruz that was actually kind of like a return, kind of back to the formula. Yeah, that was a Stranger Tides one. Stranger yeah. Tides, but the ones, the one with Javier Bardem, I think that's separate. I think that's a different movie. Uh, that movie was legitimately awful. <laughs> it was really terrible. Uh, yeah, that was the last one that just came. Out. Okay, yeah. actually, I don't, I don't mind that one. I think it's okay. I, I think I, I walked like, in with really low I just, expectations. I guess like the whole idea with those movies is like they have a gimmick, like something with like some sort of pirate lore, and then they try to roll with it. But like a lot of it just doesn't really make any sense, and they do a lot of like I don't know. It's just like a lot of trying to like connect all the stories together like each of those movies honestly should just be like a standalone pirate story where it's like let's see what kind of shenanigans they get into this time but like the first three movies are just like a continuation continuation of the story that like just kind of like falls apart by the end then and the other problem with them too is that johnny they make johnny depp the lead yeah and he should he's he should he's, be, he's not the lead in the first one. It's it's Orlando Bloom, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. what makes Johnny Depp so great. Is like he's this yeah side character you don't you get to kind of enjoy every now and then. But then after that, they're like, yeah, just make him the lead of the movies. Right, right. He's the the central focal point basically of all the stories. But yeah, he's he's totally kind of like the Han Solo of the pirate, like the pirates universe. In a yeah, way. yeah. Like, and they need to keep it that way for sure. But. I guess it's they, well, it's just because they they made so much money with that first movie. It's like okay, well, Johnny Depp is obviously the star here, so we gotta like make him just the focal point for. It. And you know, he becomes the focal point by the third the third movie. He becomes kind of yeah. like the reason why all this stuff is happening. It's like now just leave it as a like a secondary character. It's well, the I same. Think, it's I'm sorry. No, I, say, I think you're gonna say the same thing I said. It's the same with um, the uh, the cowboy movie. Um, is that, that Johnny Depp was in? Um, the, the, oh, the one that, Lone Ranger. Uh, Lone Ranger. It's exactly, like, it's exactly, oh, yeah. exactly what's going on there. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like the Wolverine movies. It's like he's yeah, an awesome character, but not making him the main focus. He's not a he's not a main character. What makes you know what makes Han Solo a great character is that he's not the main character of yeah. the Star Wars like core trilogy. You know, 
Yeah, exactly. So, uh, speaking of Harrison Ford, um, I just went through and rewatched the the first three Indiana Jones movies. Oh yeah, how was it? Um, I would say it gets better with each one, and Raiders is my second to least favorite. Raiders. Oh wow. Okay, so, so that's the I, that's the middle one, or no? Raiders is the first one. Well, I know, but you're saying sec is your least favorite. Oh, I see if, what you're saying. So if I four, had to rank them, out of the say, four, gotcha. I'd say Crusade, Temple of Doom. Raiders and then uh, Kingdom Crusade is legitimately awesome, and I got to give Raiders the number two because of uh, it just being the the first one in the franchise, you know. But for I sure, did, but I did watch uh, Temple of Doom, and I think a lot of people shit on the movie for no no reason whatsoever. I love Temple of Doom. So just to finish up the cast real quick. We have Tamur Morrison who plays Avin Sur, who's like basically the Green Lantern that passes the mantle on to Hal Jordan. Best known as Jango Fett and the Clone Troopers in episodes two and three of Star Wars. And then he was uh, most recently in Aquaman as Aquaman's dad. And then we have Clancy Brown doing the voice of Parallax, the main villain of, of Green Lantern. And we all know who this guy is. He's in Highlander, Shawshank Redemption, Starship Troopers, and probably most notable, or, you know, from a pop culture standpoint, he plays the voice of Lex Luthor in the Superman animated series as well as Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Oh, okay. And my God, that was a lot of information for cast and crew. Well, speaking of cast and crew, before we move on real quick, did you read, anybody read about um, who was considered to uh, play some of these roles? I remember yeah. it just from the like movie news when, when it was um, in pre-production. Well, that probably the most interesting thing I read um, was that they were going for like Chris Pine or Sam Worthington. Mm-hmm. Um, which would make sense. They were huge at the time. Um, and then he talked about like Bradley Cooper, Jared Leto, Justin Timberlake was mentioned. Um, but the most interesting one is uh, Brian Austin Green. Oh, really? From, <laughs> yeah, from uh, was it nine hundred two one zero? Yeah, nine hundred two one zero, and yeah, yeah. He, I, um, I got a better one for you, but go ahead, Chris. Well, I guess he's a huge Green Lantern fan, and he campaigned for it, and he kept pushing for it, but then he didn't get an audition, so they just moved on. <laughs> Um, I'm sure they moved on earlier than that. <laughs> oh, real quick. Could, good. I was going to say, I feel bad for the guy because could you imagine being like, I got to get this and you, you don't even get an audition for it? Right. Yeah, that would right. be a bummer. Yeah, it sucks. Um, so a couple of the, uh, what is, a couple of the cast that was considered at the time, Bradley Cooper was the number one choice for Martin Campbell. Yeah, I remember seeing him as like, kind of like high up on the list. Yeah, and the studio wanted Ryan Reynolds, and the studio won out. Okay, so this movie is like played with a lot of a lot of studio interference. Oh yeah, I I know. Um, <laughs> and because they won out, Martin Campbell and uh, Ryan Reynolds had like a rift, like basically a rift that like happened throughout the movie, mm-hmm. and like it was like a really unpleasant shooting experience for Bradley Cooper. But at one point, and I think it was in the 1990s or early 2000s. There was a, a Green Lantern production that was going around where it was going to be more of a comedy-based movie, and it was going to star Jack Black. Oh, no! Yeah. It was, like, real close to being made. It's so close to being made that ever, that a lot of fans uh, were very vocal about this cast, about negative, uh, about this casting. Yeah. 
and it didn't it never got made it's because they also the oath at once and they shot their green lantern um ring that they got from the cereal box and they uh yes. prevented from the movie from being made <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah it never got even to like a, to a production stage so that's awful. Obvi- obviously it never got made but it never got even got to like a a, a pre-production stage yeah 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 that's, that's bizarre um, i i would have totally have seen that I guess honestly, I guess because it's coming from uh, School of Rock and uh, Nacho Libre, I would think it's like those movies. I think are around the same time. Slash, yeah, but I think his before. his big dud uh, box office dud around this time. I think was the Gulliver's Travel movie. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, totally. Yep. But I- I'll say this though: it's you know a lot of there's a lot of hardcore Green Lantern fans out there, and like that's not that won't work. But it's like I'm a huge Green Lantern fan, and that yeah, but worked. then. <laughs> Again, you have like a superhero who makes like who fights villains by like making boxing gloves and right. Well, that's I mean to give Hot Wheels Hot Wheels tracks and to, so it's like to to de- like to defend this movie. That's not what happens in the comic books. <laughs> they do other, Every, other okay. Tracks. Everything I've ever seen of Green Lantern has been like this kind of stuff. Yeah, but even it, even uh, the cartoon was goofy. Where it was like, well, the cartoon's the cartoon. That's why they're gonna gonna do that. Uh, but it was animated series cartoon. I just think, honestly, I think Green Lantern. A lot of DC characters. I don't think DC characters have the best superpowers. Nah, nah, no. They have gr- they have great stories, but a lot of the superpowers are more interesting. I think in like the Marvel universe. Really, I think. See, and I think this is where Marvel crushes DC. I think. Uh, I think the problem with a lot of DC characters is that their super uh, their superpowers are very situational. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Flash, I think the Flash is one of those those heroes that's like, how the hell do you write a story about him? Where it's like every situation he's got to be in, he's got to be fast. So yeah. it's like, there's actually some yeah. legitimate, legitimately awesome where he's like traveling back in time and changing the past and altering the the course of the events. You know. Like but then you gotta do you gotta do goofy stuff like that where it's like I'm sure he's running opposite the uh, rotation of the world. No, and no, that's just how he's traveling. No, that's just uh, was it Superman one, <laughs> the motion yeah. picture. <laughs> Gosh, hey, you just, I don't know that. I, so there, there I'm are not... uh, there's a uh, the Jeff Jeff Johns run of Green Lantern from like 2006 for a long time. A lot of those comic books are actually really really awesome. Uh, I would highly recommend. If you're if you have any interest in like seeing what Green Lantern is all about, I would recommend that whole whole series of comic books. Okay, because so throughout this podcast, I want you to tell me why you like Green Lanterns. Uh, I did not say that. What? I'm sorry, not Chris. Hot to the character of Green Lantern. Why yeah. do you like Green Lantern? So much? <laughs> gotcha. Let's get it. Let's get into the movie because we're already like an hour into this podcast. Well, there's 700 people in this movie. Yeah. Oh, uh, before we begin. Uh, I forgot one last person, and I feel like it's one of the most important per, uh, people in the cast and crew. But uh, Taika Watiti plays oh, yeah. the best friend of Hal Jordan. Uh, he is killing it right now with uh, his uh, movies that he's been directing. I was gonna say, did you guys see Jojo Rabbit? I have not seen it yet. I've been meaning to see it, but I am really, really excited to check it out. It's uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I didn't get to see it yet either. I didn't know he was a director. I, I mean, I, he looked familiar. So he's the one that did Thor too, right? Yep. Or is that yeah. somebody else? Thor, okay. He did Thor Ragnarok. He did What We Do in the Shadows, and he also starred in What We Do in the Shadows. That's right. Okay. Um, He also did Hunt for the Wilderbeast, which is a great movie with Sam Neill and the kid that is teamed up with Deadpool and Deadpool 2. 
um, Jojo Rabbit. And yeah, he's, I mean, he's just continuing to make, I think, legitimately great movies. And I'm excited to see what else he has in store for us. Uh, I'll say, yeah. And he's kind of, um, like with Jojo Rabbit, I think the best way to describe that movie, it's like a really, it's like a really good, like Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. That's based around World War II. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if I recall, I think it's about a kid that's in like the Hitler youth and uh, Taika Waititi plays Hitler as the kid's imaginary friend in the entire movie. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) I want to check. definitely check it out. It would have honestly it would have been my it would have been on my top 10 for this past uh, this year in review. Yeah, I think I mean, it was on a lot of people's uh, top 10 would have been higher or uh, low on the top 10. Probably low, probably knocked. um, one of the lower ones out. Gotcha. Okay, cool. All right, so let's go ahead and dive into this movie. Uh, I'm going to start off right away with a negative and say that... <laughs> Come <laughs> out the time, gates. <laughs> well, the first like 10 minutes is like a narration in space. I, and yeah. Every time it cuts to them talking in space, man, I am bored. And I feel like this first 10 minutes is a bunch of like um, just it's, gibberish it's, that I don't understand. It's origin story stuff that you don't need a narration. Just go into the into the movie. You got an hour and fourteen minute movie. Just go right into it, swinging. Just introduce the people that are, we're going to be following and get right to it. Agreed. As I was watching it, I was like, "Do I need to know all this stuff? Is this important?" And then I kind of zoned out and I was like, "Should I rewind it?" And I was like, yeah, "No, I've gone too far." Because you don't have like Batman Begins. I mean, obviously Christopher Nolan's and. Uh, a way more excellent director than Campbell, but uh, you don't have like in Batman Begins me like, here's the story of Batman, you know, as as narrator from like Alfred Pennyworth or something, you know, this whole opening sequence is kind of unnecessary too. It's just kind of, it's there to show action. Yeah, totally. You know, like these three alien characters just die off really quick. I think there's part of the, the Greek or the red lantern corpse or whatever. Oh, they're supposed to be red lanterns or I think so. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you guys are unfamiliar, they have like pretty much every color on the spectrum has some sort of lantern group that represents something else. So red lanterns, they all all have boxing gloves. They all all make (laughs) boxing gloves. That's not necessarily the case. Boxing glove. Isn't the first, (laughs) the go-to example for green lantern. They all so, trap their villains in giant green hamburgers. So back off, dude. <laughs> but the the Red Lanterns, if that's the case, they represent r- uh, rage in the comic books. Oh, okay. that's interesting. That's kind of cool. Okay, that would have so, been cool uh, to have. But all right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's talk about. I want to set up this movie a little bit. So the Green Lanterns, uh, they're kind of like, from what I'm reading, it's an intergalactic police force. Is that correct? They're they're basically just space cops. And I guess in, in one aspect, you can see them or view them as sort of like the Jedi from Star Wars, or uh, you can see them parodied in Scott Pilgrim as the vegan police. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> well said. Well With said. Tom Jane. <laughs> well said. So uh, to set it up, though, there's um, some kind of uh, thing called a parallax. Parallax is like essentially like the uh the representation of fear it's like an alien being i guess that's been in prison for several years or whatever but yeah you know he, he's basically the reason why the green lantern corps exists in the comics is because they're basically battling uh this this being that represents fear which is like the color yellow and they kind of hint at that later on in the uh in the story Okay, so yeah, we have this Parallax character who's going to be our main antagonist. And so they kind of set it up at the beginning. 
And then we cut to Hal Jordan, who's played by Ryan Reynolds, and he's a test pilot. And I actually really enjoy this whole opening scene where he's trying to him and Blake Lively, I guess, are um, they work together to as test pilots. Yeah. And there's this whole scene where they're trying to show off their new equipment, where they're trying to like outsmart, I guess. Um, it's like these two like computer controlled um, um, aircrafts. And I like this whole scene. I think this is kind of cool with him going up above 50,000 feet mm-hmm. and letting him you yeah. know, short out. And I, guess, I like this. I mean, yeah, I guess like he's supposed to be a cocky test pilot and he's supposed to be kind of like the Maverick from Top Gun, you know, kind of like ace pilot, but he's a hard ass. Like everyone gives him crap. Like he's he's too dangerous to be out in the field type type deal, you know, and they and this happens like as he takes the drones out and almost dying in the process. And, you know, that's just kind of like what the character is all about, I guess. Do you yeah, guys, I, but I'm going to say this about the sequence. So I think the problem with a lot of the stuff that happens in this movie is it's just kind of like a lot of it's just uninteresting. Yeah. It's like yeah, not done. It's not edited the correct way or done in the it's, correct it, way. It's it, just, it very much feels like a two thousands movie in the kind of like in the same tone as like an early fast and the furious movie or like the movie stealth or uh uh like swat kind of it just has a very 2000s feel to it where they got to pick a pop song like a pop rock or whatever some sort of fart new metal song that you know, and just play over some sort of action sequence type deal. You say fart new metal song? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got it. Uh, you, you didn't say that, okay? I, I definitely said that. <laughs> okay, oh. just I heard it too. <laughs> yeah, they came out like fart new metal song. But it's just, and it's not Martin Campbell's doing. I no. think Martin Campbell is. I mean, we just. A lot, how, what year is this movie? 2008? It, I think it came out two years. Or no, 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 no. Yeah, I guess Casino Royale is 2006 or 2007. So it's yeah. it's after Casino Royale. Yeah, so it's like we see him like uh as a great director in Casino Royale. So it doesn't make any sense like why he can't why this like this airplane action sequence right. is just kind of So he's he's coming right off of uh, Edge of Darkness with Mel Gibson, which I think is actually a decent movie. I think it's a great kind of like mystery with some sort of action, you know. Um yeah. but Casino Royale is like I think action at its best as far as Martin, uh, Martin Campbell goes. Speaking of Martin Campbell, I didn't realize how old he was. He's like almost 80 years old. Mm-hmm. 76, yep. I thought he was a relatively uh, young director. No, he's been around since, um, I think, the 70s. Um, As in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after this whole test pilot scene, it, it's kind of weird, because, and I, I kind of agree, there's a lot of uninteresting scenes in here. Like, the whole... Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds scenes together. I am super bored. Oh yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> I really am not interested in their relationship. Yeah, unfortunately, she's um, not really. I think a good pick for this 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 character. I don't think she is either. I have no. I don't have any problem with her. I just don't think. It's no, 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 no. Yeah, it's just not the right right casting in my opinion. I think right. I'm okay with Ryan Reynolds in this. I think he does a good job. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's fun. He does like the comical. I was, I guess, I always envisioned him as like the playing like the Flash with his like witty remarks and stuff. Agreed. Yeah. Um, been, and the, yeah. this is around the same time when they're trying to get a Flash movie off the ground, but obviously it still hasn't happened to this day. Uh, but yeah, I never really envisioned him as like a as a Hal Jordan or a Green Lantern. Um, and yeah, so okay. 
So uh, Ryan Reynolds almost dies during this scene. It causes a whole panic with his family, um, especially his um, his like nephew. And that's never brought up again. That's just kind of. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah like, that... There's a lot of characters that just disappear from this movie. At right, one point. right, right. It's really weird because the whole thing is that um, Hal's father died when he was younger during some. He um, died like two feet away from him. <laughs> hey, oh, yeah. It's a horrible scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He gets blown back. I love the... He climbs uh, out of the plane. He's like, I'm okay. Yeah, I love the the smile and the wave. He's like, all right, son, I'll see you here in a second. Explosion. Because, like, nobody else is running to his help to help him. Like, there's no no ground crew to help him. It's just the the little boy. Yeah, usually there's at least (laughs) one person with a fire extinguisher ready to put out those flames, but they sent the kid instead. We've seen NASCAR before. Uh, so basically, the the next big scene is that one of um, one of the guardians of the universe mm-hmm. ends up injured by parallax. He basically and... gets like a fatal wound from parallax. I guess he gets ambushed at some point. And this is Abin Sir, who is the um, played by the actor that's in like the clone or uh, Attack of the Clones and Return Revenge of the Sith. Okay, but uh, this is like this is always like kind of like in all the stories where Abin Sir gets. Um, fatally wounded and his ring is pretty much finds Hal Jordan as like the next uh, replacement basically. Yeah. So basically puts the ring up and he's like, you choose, choose, choose wisely. Choose wisely. Then, yeah. It goes and, off and, and picks Ryan Reynolds <laughs> and it brings him back. Uh, Ryan Reynolds back to the alien and pretty much like, this is like, this is who the ring chose. You're the right. next green lantern. Right. Um, and then we get another scene of like Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds at a bar and it's just like, yeah, I just don't, I don't, I don't want to sound so, rude, it's a, but I just, no, I just don't care. Yeah. It's, it's I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, it has a very just kind of like monotone, uh, storytelling aspect to it where it's like, you know, we got your narration, explain what, what you're watching. And then you got your introduction to your character and then he gets a superpower, but he doesn't know how to use it yet. And then he gets ambushed here at the, at the, the bar where he accidentally uses his power. And then it's just like, it kickstarts the rest of the story basically, which is, I remember it being cool, but so he goes out in the alleyway and these three guys approach him and they beat the crap out of him, And all three guys walk away. And as they walk away, Ryan Reynolds says something about, um, my face is just getting warmed up. Yeah. And he goes to throw a handful of nails at him. <laughs> like, <laughs> And it turns into a giant fist, which is cool. But if it didn't turn into the giant fist, he would just thrown like ten nails at these guys. Like <laughs> that was his big plan was to throw some nails. And then it's just like that. Um, uh, that was it. The Footloose remake where that guy gets smashed, his head smashed to <laughs> the window. <laughs> yeah, it's real fair. It's three against one. I'll tell you what, though, he totally deserves this beatdown. What does he what does he do to instigate this fight? I can't I, I guess can't like remember. he screwed up the the whole like cuz he like crashed that plane oh. that shut down the whole program and laid off everybody oh. cuz now oh, they yeah, have like yeah. I guess they can't afford the planes anymore. Yeah, they <laughs> wasted terrible. they wasted several million dollars on just those two planes so they got to like yeah, So he got everybody fired and like they're like yeah, we're going to kick your ass for this. And it's like yeah, he kind of deserves this ass yeah. kicking. But then yeah, he, he does. I'll but then it. he proceeds to murder all of them with that gigantic or comical uh comically large fist that he throws at them 
Oh, dude, the guy that goes to the brick wall is dead. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> a majority of them are dead at this point. <laughs> yeah. So after this whole fight, he gets called to um, the planet, whatever the planet it's, is. Uh, that... I think it's Oa is like the, the home planet of the, or it's like the, the base or the planet of the Green Lantern Corps. Oh, okay. And this is where their whole origin story of like, here's your costume. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to train you. And I guess nobody really likes him on this planet because he's a human being. Yeah. And okay. Actually, this is a good point. What do you think of the costume? The costume should have been practical. It shouldn't have been uh, like a CGI, like kind of like an organic. It shouldn't have like an organic feel to it where it's like looks like it's breathing or it looks like there's kind of like blood flowing through the veins or whatever, which is like the green, the green aura that it gives off. I know. I think it looks okay. I think. Yeah, I wish it wasn't CGI. I don't I, I don't mind a CGI costume. It's the the mask. I don't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it should have just been like the black, not like spandex, but it should have just been like a black suit, like kind of like a practical costume. And then just kind of like have like an, uh, like use the CGI, like a green aura around it to kind of give it that, that magical feel, if you will. I'm, I'm down with that. That sounds cool. You know, I, I just, I guess I just don't really care. Oh, like, cool. Thanks. Thanks for joining. Yeah, in. I really, but I really wanted to, where I was like, yeah, like, uh, how would I want to see the costume? And I get what they're going with it. They wanted it to be something that it looked like a suit because right, otherwise right. it wouldn't look, it wouldn't I mean, look out of this world. It would yeah. look, uh, it looked like somebody wearing a latex suit. Right, right, right. This yeah. is, I mean, so this I, is like the, this is exactly like the equivalent of, uh, Joel Schumacher giving the bat suit nipples and really kind of like detailed, uh, like super making the costume like super detailed in a way they're kind of doing the same thing, but on a CGI level, uh, as, but they should have just like kept it straight like the comic books and just left it at that pretty much. But I, I think the, well, I don't know. It's, it's, it's different because it's comic books. It's drawing. So it's like, how do you translate right. that to, well, they've done kind of like they, they've done it for Superman. They've done it for Batman. They've done it plenty of times. It's like, just do the same thing, but just give, just slightly enhance it with CGI to give it that that space feel to it, you know. I guess what I'm saying is like I I don't like it's stupid. Don't get me wrong, it's dumb no, looking. No, it, it is. Very I dumb. guess what I'm saying is like I'm not I'm not like discrediting them because they're trying to do something with it. They're not trying to like. But it's not just, trying to. Ru- but it's just ruin not, it or anything. They're just trying just, to make it look. But it's just not right. It's just it just doesn't feel like a comic book costume, you know. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I, I wrote something down at this point, and I think, you know, I don't, I've never read the comics, but to me, I'm wondering if this movie is rough because of the source material. Mm-hmm. Like, it just wouldn't translate well to a and, real movie. And I was thinking the same thing about, about it. I was like, it's like kind of just as a Green Lantern fan, because I've read a lot of the comic books, it's just like, what would I have replaced? But it's like, at the same time, it's like, it's kind of a goofy concept. Like, yeah, and I'm kind of, I'm glad you agree because yeah, maybe it's just one of those things that you can't make it come off serious. Because the yeah. comic books are legitimately, I feel like, are legitimately awesome and fun to read. But as a live action sequence, again, like like what you guys are saying, like Hot Wheels or large fist punching people, like it's, <laughs> it's very kind of <clears throat> it's kind of stupid. <laughs> it's really stupid to see as a live action. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> 
like a live action interpretation or whatever. But in the comic books, it just it just works as a as a cartoon or like as a drawing or whatever. I think some things just work better in under mediums. And yeah, then I, I, I mean, you, you couldn't do like a live action Ren Stimpy. It'd probably be really weird. Yeah, they do. Well, no, they'd actually make it even more realistic. Some of the than some of those close up shots they show in Ren Stimpy. Oh, man. <laughs> right. Those are creepy. Those are, something, those are some of the nastiest things I've ever seen. <laughs> Agreed. Um, so meanwhile, while this is all going on, uh, one character we didn't introduce yet, we got Peter Sarsgaard, who plays Forehead. Yeah. And <laughs> Forehead the, the movie. No, this guy is, uh, this guy is Hector Hammond, and he's like an ongoing villain for Green Lantern. I can't help but laugh my ass off Dude, every time it's, he shows up on the screen, it and is, his, his head's just huge. It is awful. <laughs> this interpretation I mean, of like, the character even is like, awful. Even the opening of the movies where they do that really like long like credit crawl down his forehead to his <laughs> eyes, <laughs> <laughs> the credits are just there, and it's just like the credits are going on forever. It's like ten minutes in, right? They still haven't gotten to his nose. <laughs> <laughs> the whole the whole movie is just a big reveal of who the, what this guy actually looks like. He's like little little face from yeah, Tracy. <laughs> I will say though, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Now, say Peter Sarsgaard does a good job in this, though. I feel like Uh, for what he's got, he's fine. I think he's, I think he does fine in it. Um, so basically, what his role is is that he is the son of Tim Robbins, Mm -hmm. who pretty much runs the, um, he's the, he runs the, um, the test pilot stuff, correct? Yep. And um, very smart, little socially awkward. Uh, He's actually a teacher, right? I believe so, yeah. And basically what happens is he is chosen to dissect the uh, the alien that crashed in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So when he's dissecting the alien, he gets part of the, the parallax in his body. I guess when parallax and, like shot him, shot Abinsur, I guess he left like a little bit of a uh, little bit of essence inside his body. So when Hector Hammond was doing like the surgery, he got basically pierced by the, the yeah. parallax. And that's kind of shown because he has yellow eyes at some point. And his head gets bigger throughout the movie. <laughs> and, um, and but yeah, there's this whole scene where he's teaching a classroom and he can hear people's thoughts and he throws the kid across the room, et cetera, right. et cetera. But the big scene in this movie that's coming up is when they have the big benefit or the big celebration party or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, this is when we get to show off Green Lantern's real powers. Yeah. Well, I guess we. Um, I guess we technically skipped like all of the training, training, and all of the characters that they meet in. In yeah, I did that on purpose. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, because he meets all these characters that are like really, they're not really important because they all have like five minutes of screen time, right? And they yeah. don't, they don't come back. They're all, they're not all, really. char- they're all characters that they were going to show in the potential sequel that will never happen at this point. Yeah, actually, yeah. If you look at it, this whole movie, is just one big setup. You're, mm-hmm. That's a good point. Which is kind of, um, I mean, like, for them to be, like, on the ball for, like, hey, let's, let's try to set up a sequel. Not as, like, a, not as a um, open-ended movie, but more as, like, let's just set these characters up that we'll be able to talk about more in the dude, sequel. no, no. In the mid credit scene, they they do a massive, massive check out the sequel that's coming out here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, I guess what I'm saying is, like, it could be in a situation where it's like older superhero movies where they're just kind of like one and done. It's like the right, Batman movies. Right, right. Batman movies are the Tim Burton ones are kind of a mess of just like, let's just keep making this up as we go. 
Yeah, let's kill off the main villain so we don't have to introduce him ever again if we do a, yeah. a, a massive franchise. <laughs> let's have Billy D. Williams be Harvey Dent and <laughs> Batman, and then have Tommy Lee Jones be him and Batman Forever, and, the, and not explain it. And then have the studio be very racist and not invite him back as the role. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? That was your reaction? It's like, it's like what? what? It's like, you know, it's, I, dude, I, I'm like watching Batman, it, I'm sorry. and it's like, what? It's like, like, like what? Like, what? <laughs> So during this huge party that they're having, um, Peter Sarsgaard tries to sabotage it, and he uses his telekinesis to try to bring the helicopter down. Yeah. And the helicopter falls down for like 45 minutes. And meanwhile, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds throws on the Green Lantern costume, and he goes to save the day by making the helicopter into a race car that rides around on a track over and over and over. Yeah. yeah. And which doesn't make any sense. Like, okay, you, you've, you can create a giant fist, create a giant hand and just grab it and just stop it. See, like, like the, the thing with like the green Lantern characters, cause they have like several, several characters that play the, like the earth, um, green lantern. You know, you got like Hal Jordan, you got John Stewart, Kyle Rayner, Guy Gardner, blah, blah, blah. But like each of them in their like character description, they all have like their own, uh, their own backstory or like their own stuff pre Green Lantern, like John Stewart, or you know, like how Jordan's more of like the military kind of Air Force guy. So all of his like Green Lantern constructs are all Air Force related, like airplanes, blah blah, you know, parachutes, all kind of stuff. You got John Stewart, I think, who's supposed to be like a soldier. So all of his stuff is military related. Uh, you got Kyle Rayner, who I think is like supposed to be an architect. So all of his stuff is like architectural based, like building structures or like, um, you know, like bulldozers or whatever. And then you got Guy Gardner, who's just like a, I think a Guy Gardner. He worked at like a sex shop, right? So all of his is like they're like dildo dil- related. Yeah, I think they're all dildos and uh, sex swings, I think. <laughs> So that's what he's beat when he's beating Sinestro up and there's like 50 dildos. He's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like the one it's like a, it's like on a drill. So it's just drilling into the, into Sinestro's stomach. It's like, Oh, <laughs> it's like, you mean a chainsaw one? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, so, and there, and all the, oh, the in all the green lantern cores are like, this guy's weird. So why are we having him on our team? <laughs> that was Kyle Rayner's, right? <laughs> no, Kyle Rayner, I think it's supposed to be like an architect in the comic book. Oh, so. okay. That was, I thought that was Carl, Kyle Rayner that no, worked at the sex shop. Guy Gardner is the one that works at the sex shop. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> Dude, it was so strange. I was listening, and then Matt, you cut out for a few seconds, and then, just and then you cut back in, and you're like, 50 dildos. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I heard everything, so. Okay, because I'll say this about Green Lantern. Like every situation he gets in can be solved with giant hands. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. You got yourself a, you got yourself a fire gigantic hand to put that, that fire out. <laughs> if if he's somebody's shooting at him, he can just put up giant hands. Yeah, if he's gotta grab it. somebody, he's giant hands. <laughs> if he wants to beat somebody up, he's got giant hands. Dude, that's the whole end of this movie should have been him with giant hands um, punching Peter Sarsgaard in the forehead. <laughs> they should have had... Uh, they should have had... Uh... <laughs> oh, my God. All I can imagine is, like, the four hairs on his head. And they're just, like... They're, like, blowing in the wind, and he's just, like... They should have had... Uh... He just hit him, like, a speed bag. Like, <laughs> they should have had uh, Dave Grohl from the Everlong video with the gigantic hands slapping the guy around. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh my god uh, <laughs> so, so after this whole party green lantern saves the day 
And then within like five minutes, he shows his best friend Thomas that he's Green Lantern. Yeah. And then one minute later, he shows Blake Lively that he's Lantern. I'm well, like, you're well, Blake, showing a lot of people. Blake Lively is like, your disguise is shit. Uh, you're definitely Hal, uh, Hal, Hal Lantern, Hal Jordan. Hal Lan- <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely Hal well, Jordan. So it's like, hey, just like, I'm gonna a, call, I don't know. I want to call bullshit on this movie too, because like at one point, news. Like, the newspapers reports that like this uh, this test pilot went down. It was Ryan Reynolds, and it's all over the news in the beginning of the movie. His brother sees it. Uh, his nephew sees it. Then, like the night he shows up, like Green Lantern, there's like no news story about. <laughs> oh like, yeah, who the it's hell this guy wheels. is? Hot Wheels. Yeah, <laughs> and, man, yeah, man makes giant Hot Wheels track over party, <laughs> and it's super lame. <laughs> That's actually a really good point because, yeah, in the beginning they have the newspaper or, or on the news. They're like, yeah, plane went down, blah, blah. That wouldn't be on the news. I don't think no, it the gov- would. The I don't think so either. No, the government would make sure it's not on the news. <laughs> yeah. But for them to like, not even like report at all about uh, anything, right. Green Lantern is kind of crazy. Right. So as the movie continues on, uh, we get more relationship stuff back and forth with that. And then as the movie's continuing as well, Peter Sarsgaard... You, okay, so you can actually tell the length of the film um, <laughs> just by looking at Peter Sarsgaard's forehead. I was, I, was so like, like, I was like, I hope he's going here, and he definitely is. Because <laughs> you do. like Every time he cuts to him, it's a little bit bigger. And you're like, okay, we're an hour into this movie. When he gets to the drilling phase, that means he's about to die. <laughs> it's not where the sun is hitting off of his forehead. <laughs> Tell how, what the time what, is in the movie. What kind of shadows are you casting on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if someone had re- oh my god, at one, point could- he, at one point he stands in front of the sun, and they're like, "There's a solar eclipse." And everyone's like, "Oh my god, he's taking he's taking the sun away." <laughs> oh my god, it's two o'clock right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we get our vitamin C. <laughs> he's blocking the sun. <laughs> well, that's so huge. I hope- I wish we were good enough at editing so we could f- we could make it look like as Green Lantern is leaving Earth, it's actually Peter Sarsgaard's head that it's leaving. <laughs> you've had to, you've got to use his face as the picture for this episode. Oh my god, it is it is goofy. It is crazy. There's, there's one I didn't realize. I, I totally forgot about this, but there's a couple episodes back, the SoundCloud, and you used a picture of. Uh, Bagged chocolate milk. Oh, yes, for Rumble in the Bronx. Because <laughs> we're talking about bagged chocolate milk during. Uh, it doesn't make, that, it it doesn't make any sense. No, it's because we were talking about it extensively because Matt. Oh, I remember. Had, I remember. Uh, I just didn't know what it was because I never had that at school. I never so did I either, but I had to show, show people to make sure it's real. Now the world knows. <laughs> so Peter Sarsgaard gets taken into like the laboratory that Tim Robbins mm-hmm. has a share in or something. And Angela Bassett's there, who I like Angela Bassett, but she's really not needed in the story. Nah, she's not good. Um, she's one but, of those characters that disappears again, too, by the way. Yeah, it's just, it's she's too many characters. She doesn't die, does she? Or she oh, gets, she, she just gets, gets thrown down a hallway by Green Lantern, and because we never hear from her again. I'm almost positive, like, wait till we do the Suicide Squad uh, movie, and we don't have her reprise her role. <laughs> because I think it's... Yeah. Uh, isn't it Viola Davis? I think in yeah. the in the Suicide Viola movie. Davis does and Amanda Waller, yeah. And she's she's actually pretty awesome in that movie too. Yeah, she is. She has way she's more a great actress. So explain something to me because I feel like this is very confusing. So Peter Sarsgaard t- touches like Angela Bassett, and when he touches her, 
or when they make physical contact, mm-hmm. he can like see people's thoughts and memories. Mm-hmm. Did Angela Bassett kill her family? Oh, oh, her family was killed, I believe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't because remember. it shows her like her family dies, and then she's at this grave site, and then he's like, he's like, I can see your memories, and I didn't know if it was supposed to like reveal something about her. Huh? Like I, I feel like if someone touched me. And then I don't know. They I don't. See, it was just. It was see, just. They see numerous uh, seasons of the OC in Girlie's World. <laughs> I don't have. To, I don't have time for this. <laughs> get off. Get him away from me. I don't have time for this. <laughs> his head. His head's getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> and bigger. <laughs> Useless information. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. <laughs> Too much information about. Girl meets that, world. Yeah, that <laughs> one season. That one season, like a cherry on the uh, cherry on the cake of Girl Meets World, just drops. It's like, bing. His <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> head just blows up. Like, it pops like a balloon. Okay, so I have okay knowledge. This be- knowledge was his treasure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you just gave me an idea. So if they can go back and refilm this, okay, his character at the beginning is wearing a hat. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. And as the movie goes on, he continues to wear the hat. But it clearly doesn't fit anymore. Every every scene they had to show him like clicking like the one notch on the hat to adjust the sizing. But it, it, it just it loses the notches. It's one of those, those snapbacks. Yeah, the snapbacks. It's like every scene, it's him like, oh my God, what's happened to my head? My This hat's too small. So he has to do the one notch. And then every time they do it, he's, like, run out, he's run out of notches by the end of the movie. And it's like, oh man, my, it's turned around. My heart, New York City hat. <laughs> it's the one with like a, pro- a propeller on top. <laughs> it's, it's Mickey ears from Disney World. <laughs> it's got like, the, goo- oh. the, the goofy, the goofy ears and the goofy eyes and like the tongue. It's just getting smaller and smaller on his head. <laughs> but he's, he still has like the strap on his chin. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh man, I have a, I have not <laughs> way better movie. If that is, I have if not. That was, if that was the case, <laughs> I haven't laughed this hard on an episode since the Swordfish episode. <laughs> John Travada. John Travada. <laughs> and the dummy on the helicopter. <laughs> I that. Oh, that's oh honestly one of the best moments of this this show's history. I agree hundred percent. So um man, my notes are so scattered. Like one note says like forehead oh. and then the other other says forehead fights green. Don't worry. Uh, I've been having so much fun so far that I've thrown my notes completely out the window and I've just been kind of going with it. Yeah, well, cool. I'm, I'm not following my notes either because <laughs> we're kind of wrapping up at this yeah, point. So yeah, basically, yeah. Um, he like throws Angela Bassett across the room, and then he ends up killing his father. Oh uh, man! Fire. Oh man! Tim Robbins gets fucking torched Booked. in this episode. He does, man. Yeah, because he like throws him into like a private room, and then like throw like turns on all these torches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. guy's gone. Um, these, I love how these torches are just in this laboratory. Like, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. it makes sense. <laughs> Dude, then, <laughs> there's a part where he wait, wait, wait. there's a part where like uh, there's a and this is like legitimately in the movie where uh lantern melts something 
and what Peter Sarsgaard throws at him, and he turns it into lava and throws it back at Peter Sarsgaard's face. <laughs> I don't remember did, that. Did you see no, this? No, I don't remember that. It like I screams, think... but it's like this like really high pitched scream. <laughs> yep, I know exactly I what you're talking that. about. <laughs> I like I like geeked out. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of moments where Peter Scars or Sarsgaard is screaming in this movie, and it is it's pretty special in my opinion. Well, it's <laughs> it's kind of weird. So we had this fight in the laboratory. It cuts to a scene real quick, and then mm-hmm. it cuts to another fight between them. It's a really yeah, weird transition. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this final fight between um, Sarsgaard and Green Lantern, um, it's kind of eh. eh it's basically... It's, it's whatever. <laughs> so Sarsgaard's going to kill Blake Lively. Yeah. Um, she's like floating in the air with some serum injected into her neck, and he's going to inject her if he moves any closer. So Green Lantern's like, hey, take the ring. It's yours. So he puts it on. And then the whole thing was that he tricked him. And then Parallax finally shows up. And I, okay, I do like this. I think this is really cool. So Parallax starts to like um, hover Peter Sarsgaard into the mm. air. And when he kills people, he takes their like souls, but it's in the form of a skeleton. Right, right. And I think that's a really cool way of showing this. I really do enjoy it. Yeah, I actually really do like I, that. I honestly can't. And it's actually, it's a really creepy scene too when he's doing it. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know if, in in the comic books, I don't know if Parallax like does exactly that where he's just turning people into skeletons or whatever. But it, I mean, it's fine. I guess it works for this movie. It's, it's cool just, looking. Yeah, it's just an easy way to like show that he's super powerful, I guess. But I think like killing off Hector Hammond is kind of a terrible mistake they made, only because like I feel like Hector Hammond is a, kind of like a prominent villain for Green Lantern, and it's kind of like better depicted in the comic books but also we won't get to laugh in future sequels if they didn't have peter sarsgaard that's uh, true, that's the whole yeah, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> so after we uh after we kill off sarsgaard's character um we basically got the whole city who's like and I, i'm okay with this the city is like <laughs> over, overcome with parallax right and right he's just killing people left and right um, not that I'm okay with that, but I'm okay with the scene. I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's a cool looking scene. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I'm surprised they kill off all these people too, because um, <clears throat> I was like, oh, how's it? I was like, how's Green Lantern gonna bring these people back? He doesn't. They all just die. Yeah, I think that's actually oh, kind I'm of sure a I, lot of people died. I would say I think that's kind of ballsy for like a superhero movie. They don't really like. I mean, I guess other than like Man of Steel, where they're literally killing off the entire population of Metropolis, they usually yeah. don't do that in like a superhero movie. Where it's like. You know, like Batman Begins or or I guess specifically like the Dark Knight where he's literally saving everybody in that one final climactic scene, you know. I guess they're yeah. it's kind of ballsy that they're like actually killing them off and he's trying his best to kind of save the day, you know. I agree. I think that's a really good point, actually. Oh, oh you mean oh in Dark Knight, like where he's saving people on the train and stuff? Oh, um no Sorry, he's saving he's saving people like on the like, boats. Like the hospital crew, uh that's disguised like the clowns. Like he's saving yeah. literally everybody in that scene, which is but really, I, really you know, nice. I really like that because it's like it's so it's so intense that he's like trying to save everybody. That's what it's that's, just it really yeah. works. It's it's awesome because he's literally giving it his all, basically to strategically plan out and figure out how to save everybody while also taking out the bad guys. And that scene is awesome. That movie, yeah. So at this point, Green Lantern tries to get Parallax to leave Earth, and what he basically does is he takes him towards the sun because right. they bring up some like throwaway line earlier in the movie that. Um, the larger the, the the creature or whatever, yeah. the quicker they burn. Mm-hmm. Yep. And 
I feel like this is a throwback. I think it is. I'm not, I'm not breaking new ground they here. They do it during the training sequence with Kilowog. I think he's like, they use the sun specifically as an example, I think, during that fight where it's like... Yeah, well, I was going to say, I feel like this is a throwback to the beginning of the movie with the test pilot situation where oh. he was he was basically taking the two drones farther than he could actually totally. go. Totally. And yep. this is him taking Parallax farther than he can actually go. Yeah. And uh, basically, he tricks Parallax. Parallax gets, you know, kind of like sucked into the sun. And then Green Lantern makes a big fist and punches him into it. <laughs> and <laughs> Honestly, so, just I do, do kind of like this, though. I'm okay with this. I think this is yeah, an okay I like, I like the outsmarting. I like that he actually uses jets and not something stupid like a slingshot or something, you know? I like that he actually uses stuff that he actually knows, which is like two fighter jets. That's awesome. I think that needs to need to happen throughout the entire movie, not Hot Wheels or comically large uh, fist or whatever, or like a catapult. You know, yeah. I think like <laughs> this stuff is cool. Like I like this, like this aspect of it. I'm digging it. Well, I no, think I, I, I kind of dig the, but I, I really dig the whole like taking him to the sun and yeah. throwing him in, in the sun. I think it's really yeah, cool. It's super cool. Yeah. So he pretty much parallax is gone at this point, and the the people who had trained Green Lantern come and they save him, mm-hmm. and they accept him. They're like, "Hey, you're one of us now. One of Thank us. you, one of us." And he, he goes to <laughs> Blake Lively. Could you imagine if there's a whole planet of Peter Sarsgaard saying "one of us"? <laughs> uh, we accept oh. you, one of us, one of us. <laughs> Uh, so the plan accepts him and he goes home to talk to Blake Lively and he says, well, I got to go save the world cuts to the end of the movie, but we get a little, uh, mid credits end scene where the main guy, which is haunting you explain this, this. is, you this, this is Sinestro who is the guy that's been giving Hal Jordan basically shit the entire movie. He yeah. is, um, I guess like the idea of the green lanterns that they always like each person has their own, like a, like a partner essentially. And they basically okay. take on, they cover like a certain jurisdiction, if you will, of the galaxy. And so technically Hal Jordan is the partner of Sinestro. And prior to that, Abin Sur, who's the guy that died earlier, is the partner of Sinestro. And they're really great friends or whatever, you know. But in the comic book, Sinestro eventually kind of gives into the fear aspect of like lanterns, I guess. So okay. he he starts up the Sinestro Corps, which is like basically the main villains for the Green Lanterns, and they all represent yellow. So this is kind of like a big mid credit scene where he, I think he's been kind of like pitching this idea to the like leaders of the Green Lantern Corps, where he's like, yeah. we need to like use fear and not always like the willpower to fight evil. You know, we need to kind of take like the violent stance in order to fight fight and protect the galaxy or whatever. And they're like, no, that's crazy, blah, blah, blah. So this is why it kind of like they're hinting like during the mid credits, it's like Sinestro finally gets a yellow ring, which I think is forged from parallax. And he essentially becomes a yellow uh, lantern, which is the Sinestro core. And this, I feel like they're <clears throat> oh, good. Oh, I was just going to say, this is a total like stay tuned for the sequel. And then we just never get that sequel, you know? And I think that's the worst thing in the world is I hate watching movies awful when they have a setup and then you never got to see that setup because There's I nothing. actually of, of of as much as I don't really like this movie, I think Mark Strong is probably the best part of it. And also this mid credit scene is kind of like 
probably the best part of the movie is like the hint that okay. the hint no, of, I, the hint I'm that saying, I was just gonna say just to end that the the hint that there's like the other aspect of the Green Lanterns, which is the Yellow Lantern core, basically. Like I'll agree with you though, Hunter. I think he is probably the best part of this whole movie, and um, it's just really cool casting. Oh, it's awesome. Just, he he yeah. he knows exactly what he's doing too in 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 portraying Sinestro. I feel like that he's like the only person that's really like I feel like that did the research and is like this is what the character is all about. So I'll just play the character, you know. And that's why I think yeah. Mark Strong is the the best part of this movie. So that is Green Lantern from 2011. Hanto, start off with you. What would you give this on a letter grade scale? Since I'm a huge Green Lantern fan, I feel like this kind of just does not do the comic justice, I guess. So I would probably give it like a C minus. Okay, what did you give Batman and Robin? D minus. Okay. All right. Matt, what about you, bud? Uh, I'm honestly going to go ahead and like not the you back off you too much, Hanto, but I'm going to agree with that. It's a C minus. It's not it's not a bad movie. For me, it was just kind of like uninspired and not very yeah. interesting to yeah. watch. It's not like it's not it, it's not bad or terrible or anything that where it's like oh this is un, this is unwatchable mm-hmm. i mean like you could tell they were trying certain things but it's just you could tell there's also way too meant too much uh studio interference right, in this movie. right right yep that's how i feel i feel like it's it's an entertaining film this movie gets a, a much worse rap than it deserves i don't that's think so it's a it, horrible movie just to, i'll give you that yeah just to kind of extend off of what i was saying i think like at the time when i watched it in 2011 i was still reading a lot of the comic books and i was like this is just like a terrible terrible adaptation of what i had been reading for a few years now you know and so i think at the time i was a little bit more angry with this movie but i think you know as it stands now in 2020 you know nine years after i watched this movie or you know nine years after it came out or whatever i think it just it's a probably a c minus for me okay i i think i'm pretty sure i gave batman and robin a c minus yeah and I think I'm gonna give this a C minus as well. I find both movies entertaining. Uh, they definitely have their flaws, but yeah, I think they're okay. It is what it so, is, pretty much. Yeah. So uh, that wraps up uh, my pick. So whose pick is next, Matt? Yep. Uh, yeah. Next week we are watching the Watchmen. The Watchmen. And uh, are we doing Watch- the? Or we're watching the Watchmen movie. Um. Yeah. I was. I am. How, are you watching the TV show at all? Yes, I will watch the TV show in time. Cool. Okay. Because I, I really want to talk heavily on, I want to talk heavily about this movie. Like I, I don't think it's the best movie, but I want to talk about why it doesn't work. But I also really want to talk about the TV show, which uh, me and Hanto have differing opinions on. Chris, I want to hear your opinion on it. It's, okay. it's a really big TV show right now. Yeah, I think for for this, I'm going to actually uh, dive into the uh, the director's cut which apparently is better received than the theatrical, which is the one I saw. I saw in theaters premiere, uh, you know, opening night. And I saw, I think one other time, I think when it released on DVD, but I haven't seen it in several years. So I think I'm going to go into it watching the director's cut, which apparently has the, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, but I think it has the, the black freighter, uh, cartoon. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, this is, yeah, this will be the version I watch as well. So this movie is also troubled by studio interference. Yeah. Ironically, I, I don't know if we've talked about it yet, but all three of our movies that we picked are all DC-related movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. good call. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So it's all, and they're all kind of like, <laughs> they're all like 
Totally studio interfered uh, films. But if I if I will say, I mean, I think my my review will be a little bit better for Watchmen. But I will say that I think my the reviews from Batman Robins, Green Lantern, <laughs> I, I think it only gets higher as the movies progress. So. Okay. But again, I haven't seen this movie in years, so only time will tell. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to watch the regular version because I got to watch like yeah, 10 hours you, of this you TV have, show. You, you have I have a lot, lot of work. You have a lot of homework to do, so you worry about you. You do. <laughs> just just get the homework done in time and we'll give you the credit. But I think uh, I'll watch every other episode of Watchmen. <laughs> no, then we can't <laughs> give you full credit for it. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, join us next time when we cover Watchmen. From what year is that? Is that like 2009? 2009. Um, in the meantime, we hope everybody's taking care of themselves um, and doing what they need to. We thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you're enjoying it because we enjoyed doing it. Uh, if you have any requests, please hit us up on Facebook or you can email us at cinemacultpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we really do appreciate it. I'm Chris, Matt, and I'm Honto. And we'll see you next time. That's what happens when Parallax gets a hold of you in like the comic books, but <clears throat> them killing off Hector Hammond is like I feel like a huge mistake as far as like if they're really I mean like no, just like just as far as like it, hold, on, hold on, just pause for a second. Look at your feed. What is it? Look at the feed. Oh my god. <laughs> What were they thinking, man? Oh my! That, that, is, that is awful. He looks like Castle Freak. That the cover of Castle Freak. Um, I, we're using this for an outtake. We're looking at a picture. Um, I'm assuming this is going to be the picture we use for this episode. <laughs> I, I think this is the picture we got to use. This is the picture of the episode. So when you hear this outtake, this is what Matt's <laughs> laughing at. God, it's so terrible. It is awful. <laughs> It's a side glance at the kill. It's the totally. He's like, oh, there weren't supposed to be pictures on the set today. Oh my God, I'm sweating so bad right now. I imagine the way he's looking at the camera. This is the big unveil of what he was going to look like. <laughs> right, right. And right. everybody, everybody started laughing. And yeah. then he gave him the side glance. Like, why are they laughing? <laughs> oh my God. It's awful. <laughs> it's really terrible. Okay. Hanto, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, I just thought that was worth it. You're good. You're good. Let's, okay, so go ahead. <laughs> one second. I don't oh think we're quite God. ready to move on yet. <sighs> Hold on, I gotta get tissue. Oh, and here's just here's just a normal photo of him. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, why do you make him? It's so weird. It sucks because they they hired him for his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> no, his hair, <laughs> his hairline's not that far back. That's a wig he's wearing. That's definitely, I, I yeah, got a tissue. Definitely, definitely wig. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my Jesus. <laughs> uh.
<laughs> oh. Okay, I'm back. All right. <laughs> That was that was great, guys. That was a treat. That was actually, <laughs> that was yeah. That was, that was I'm good. so glad you brought up this forehead thing, dude. Dude, this is like stealing the episode, man. It really is. Uh, All right, where are we at? Uh, he was talking about the 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 skeletons <laughs> leaving the body. All right, let me try to compose myself. Um, I gotta post something else so we don't <laughs> we don't see it anymore. Nah, that's still funny. Did you just post the Gagi picture again? Multiple yeah, times. like three times, just so it pushed it away. <laughs> okay. okay, I can't look at smart. I can't look at Peter Sarsgaard uh, yelling at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna just scroll all the way to the top of the. There we go. <sighs> three, two, one. <laughs>